up? I just uh, finished hanging out with one of my podcasting chums, and uh, yeah, we talked for a good long time. I'm not going to tell you which show, because it might be a surprise, it might be a secret, I don't know, it's not my place to say. But we talked for like three hours, so I figure, why not come and join you lovely people and uh, do one of my own, just a quick, it's it's uh, swimming class day, my, I haven't seen my kids since this morning, the in-laws picked him up, and the in-laws are helping take him to swimming, so I'm exempt from swimming, and I haven't eaten since breakfast, but I'm on a high. I'm just, I'm high. I really want to put a pot on for some ramen noodles, and then I'd, like, mix butter and green onion in it, and some corn or some something else extra starchy, because, you know, one starch isn't enough, and just stuff my fucking face with it. But instead, I've taken, taken a minute, stepped back, and said, what does the public want? The public wants me. More me. A lot of me. You're going to get a lot of me today. But first, <laughs> let's listen to Electric Gary. He sent in a segment. The reason I'm really doing this show is uh, because I feel like I'm really adorable and everyone needs to know what I'm doing and what I'm thinking at all times, even though I'm a moron. Um, but I'm going to play Electric Gary. Maybe that'll get some conversation going. I haven't heard it yet, but the title was intriguing. Hang on. Hey, Sanders, Electric Gary. I have a new phone, so we'll see how this is all going to work out. I have uh, a lot to talk about. My goodness. Let's see if I can pull up my notes here. Um, so... I guess hopefully I'm in on the uh, RTS show to uh, recap. Um, I was uh, lucky enough to be an original contributor on that show. Loved the show. You and Mike were magic together. Um, it really entirely was based on you. I mean, Mike had a lot of talent. He was really funny. You guys' banter was great. I loved his musical selections and all that. But without you, your voice, your take, and your stories, it would not have been what it was. And uh, it was something wonderful for sure. Um, Mike, uh, he did kind of had sort of a, this is my ball and I will take it and go home when I want a, t a, t a, a take on things. And, um, you know, I think we're all trying to be nice to him about how things turned out. And, um, certainly he, he had a lot of great qualities, but that was always sort of a tough one. And then, uh, how he dealt with and how he treated you at the end of the show and has since, and, uh, you know, what he had to see on Twitter and just his general attitude. That's not the way a friend treats a friend. So he is no longer a friend, which is a shame because I like the guy a lot. Anyway, moving on, uh, some of the other stuff that I have some, from some old shows, uh, I have some oddball notes here, so, uh, hang with me. Um, you had the, the hair growing out of your cheek. I've got the same weird freakish thing growing out of my arm from time to time. But I think the one that takes the cake is my uncle had, uh, he's one of these big burly bearded guys and he had a beard hair grow through his cheek into his mouth and it was actually slippery. He couldn't get a hold of it. So that was a little odd, a little gross. Um, adoption. We heard a lot from Kendra about her adoption story. Uh, I don't see what the big deal is with adoption. It must be really easy because our next door neighbor uh, was just talking to us over the fence one day and, uh, she offered us her grandchild, decided she wanted, uh, you know, her, her daughter was having some issues and needed needed a place to, to put her kid. And so she was just wondering if we could want her seven-year-old. Never done that before. So uh, just kidding. Adoption is obviously a lot of uh, a lot of emotion and a lot of work, but they wanted to just give us their kids. So uh, seemed weird. Um, I could, uh, I could use some jokes. Uh, Mrs. Electric gets a, a, an injection every other night uh, and you know, the pain of a shot and the, the dread of it. Um, she's been liking me to tell her a joke when I, uh, when I give her the shot and the, my favorite joke. And then of course I used it up the first time. Um, could be a little offensive, but I always thought it was hilarious is, uh, what did, uh, one tampon say to the other? 
nothing. They were both stuck-up cunts. I, I, that joke just kills me every time. So if anybody's got some little quick-liner jokes uh, and their contributions, uh, we could use them. Um, let's see, I already discussed the piss hard on with uh, Daryl, so uh, I won't need to go into that, thankfully. Uh, your your uh, fight over the sauce. Yeah, you were right. She was standing there. Should have started. But you know what? You're happily married and want to stay happily married. You just got to eat that shit. My dog is scratching at the door of my recording studio, which is the broom closet under the stairs. She is very bothered that I'm in here talking and not paying attention to her. Um, couch fucking. That's my next list on the list here. Not all of us fucked a couch when we were teenagers, so you don't have to worry about it too much. Some of us only did it once because our friend Glenn said it sounded fun and it was, uh, that it felt great. And we, some of us found it to not be the greatest thing in the world, so we didn't continue. So, uh, you know. That, not to say that there's not other furniture he might be fucking one day, but not necessarily the couch. Uh, let's see, you wanted to, there was, I just have one word here that says Michelle. I think you were going to have, uh, name somebody, some, uh, hypothetical bitch. You were going to name her Michelle, but it was funny because, uh, I had several girlfriends named Michelle. It was a weird part of my past. Um, swearing in front of your kid. Don't feel bad about it. Don't worry about it. My dad uh, was a mechanic growing up. He was only 18 when I was born, so uh, he wasn't the most mature of a young parent. Swore like a fucking sailor when I was a kid, and I learned the good grace to uh, pretend that I didn't. And when you know, I was six or seven years old around my friends, we were all swearing like, like well, basically like you do. So, um, But we knew not to do it in front of the adults, because that's not what you do. Um, Rose's... Uh, uh, segment on and having run into Eddie Pepitone. That's great. Um, we one of my fa other favorite shows and and uh, one that I don't get to hear enough of because he doesn't put out too many is the uh, Dana Gould podcast and Eddie Pepitone is a regular guest there. So Rose, if you don't listen to the Dana Gould show, it is fan fucking tastic. He puts out a couple hours every few months now, but it's all very. Uh, it's got some great stuff. Always funny. Has a lot of different interesting people. But one of my favorite parts about it is he goes into a lot of old stories about old Hollywood and and people that made the movies. And he's a big fan of a little too big a fan of uh, uh, Planet of the Apes. And he he really gets into it. So it's it's definitely worth your time. Uh, the uh, clear shit bag. I gotta agree with you. It is fucking disgusting. But the uh, dog park over by our house has like produce bags like you'd have at the grocery store and uh yeah they're gross but they're there so we use them and actually i have an original return to sender sticker from the old sticker contest days on that uh, uh, shit bag dispenser and because it looks like it's pointing to where you get the bag nobody's ever looked closely at it and it's still there been there for years and finally i do love it when you close out a show with a song that last song about i don't care if the world knows who my what my secrets are it just gives you this great uh, nostalgic feeling for the wonderful show you just heard, and it's wonderful because of you. And I'm gonna close it there. It's Electric Gary. God damn, you're good. I love how you could hear. I could hear the little check, the little when you were <laughs> talking about stuff. That was awesome. Tampon joke. I wrote down. I love that tampon joke. I'm sorry, your wife has to get shots for whatever the f technical difficulty. My computer stopped. It's okay. Let's just calm right down. It's gonna be okay. I'm sorry, your wife has to get shots for whatever the fuck reason. Um, but yeah, please, anybody, anybody with a joke is great. Uh, stir the sauce, right. Yeah, I think I'm right too. Uh, I think she stood, like, how could you not smell, even with the cold, how could you not smell burnt sauce? How, I just, okay, that's cool. We don't have to get into that too much. I'm really excited that not all kids fuck the couch. Um, 
Mark sent in a comment that perhaps uh, maybe razor blades between the cushions would be too severe. Maybe he thought some kind of taser would, would do the trick and we won't have to go to the hospital, and I'm going to take that under advisement. But I'll tell you what I won't do. I won't buy a waterbed for him because I think you could fuck the shit out of a waterbed. I think. I think you could. Um, and I don't know what the fuck my last thing here says. I see an M-A-Y. Who, what does that mean? Why did I write that down? I don't know. Who cares? Uh, I know why I fucking wrote that. It says Mary. It says Mary. Mary Lambert. I'm such a fucking terrible host. Mary Lambert uh, was the song that I played at the end of last week's show. And I like that song. It was like, it was almost like it was made for me. I'm gay. I don't care if the world knows what my secrets are. I don't. It's just poppy. It's fun. She's a little bit chubby. So am I. She wears mom jeans. So do I. It's all good. It's all, it's all good in the hood. Do the kids still say that? No? Do they say, what's up, dog? Nobody does? Fuck. I, my boss at work was born in 1991. Yeah. What the fuck? Makes, like, fuck, there's so many situations when you realize how old you are and you're just old. Funny story. I can't go a show without talking about shit, so bear with me. Um, I was in the bathroom, and Malcolm's going through, my son is going through, um, conceived through donor, anonymous donor insemination, not the gross way, because I'm a lesbian, and lesbians, real lesbians do not have babies with any kind of inter-penis vaginal sex. Doesn't happen. Just in case you were wondering. Okay. We're all squared away now. Um, he's learning about privacy and stuff, about at daycare, they teach him to go to potty, and you need privacy, blah, blah, blah. So he's all into privacy right now. And I'm, like most mothers, trying to take a shit, trying to have two fucking minutes alone to take a shit. And I'm like, okay, I left him on the couch watching some kind of, uh, like, he's, he's into watching uh, kids unwrap toys, or maybe it's grownups unwrapping. Like, it's a whole thing that now that people will say, buy a toy. They go through the ritual of, like, looking at the packaging, front and back, and uh, unwrapping it, setting it up, and then doing it. Like, with Thomas trains and stuff, they'll buy a track, they'll unwrap it, they'll zip it around the train track, and it's, like, fascinating. So he was watching that. The other thing that's fascinating on YouTube is kinder eggs, people opening up kinder eggs and assembling what's inside. Like, what is his generation going to be if that's entertainment? I'm like, which one do you want to watch? Because I have, like, you know, YouTube is useful. You can, you can watch, like, ABC123 uh, stuff or sing-along stuff or stuff like that just so I can take a fucking shit every once in a while by myself. Um, but no, he wants to watch people unwrap shit. Like, what, what is this generation going to do? I, I don't know. Is that, if that's what constitutes entertainment, I have no fucking idea where we're going here in this life. So I get up and I go to the bathroom, and I've had a lot of beats. I am... I am consuming beets at a rate that no human should and I'm actually more alarmed now when I pee or poo and it's like a normal brown or yellow color because every time I pee or poop it's got red in it because of the vast quantity of beets I'm consuming I sicken myself so I go into the can and I'm like I've got my cell phone out I'm looking around on Twitter and shit and I can hear him breathing mama yeah what are you doing? I'm in the bathroom. Oh, so he toddles in and we've got a stool in there because we have to sit with him when he takes a shit. Nobody reads me a book when I'm taking a shit. I'll tell you that right now. And he comes in and he's like, oh, do you need privacy, mama? And I was like, yes, I would love some privacy. 
oh, okay. And then he proceeds to shut the door, come like inside with me and sits on the stool and is staring at me while I'm trying to shit. I'm like, wow, Malcolm, thanks, thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks for all the privacy, buddy. That's a good, good old dose of privacy you just gave me there. That's just the fucking best. You are just the fucking best, Malcolm. So that's, that's my life right now. And uh, I'm kind of sad about it. That's okay. Uh, there's been a huge influx of listeners from this Uniter thing, I think. I feel like uh, there's been an alarming amount of plays. I don't know if that means on iTunes or Podbean or one of you is just sitting at home and kicking play and stop and play and stop and play and stop to fuck with my head. But if you're doing it that many times, I applaud you because you are fucking with me because I'm believing it and seeing is believing. Okay, blah, 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 me, 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 you, 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 me, 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 I'm okay. The show's over. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay, what did I get next? I think I'm going to play, um, I'm going to surprise you. Be surprised. Hang on. Okay, tell the story here. Yeah, there was a one a fat man, very fat, and it was a union, so he decided he have to go to the bathroom, but he decided to pee from the window. No, from the balcony. So a lady, older lady, was passed by. She, she saw Renny. She looked up with the head. So the man pee and said, Sheba knew you to see your penis. You should be embarrassed. And the, and the fat man said, oh, I'm glad that you see my penis because uh, I don't see my penis for 20 years because the, the time it was too fat. So he said he was glad that the lady saw him. That's just for fun. Well, I bet none of you saw that coming, did you? You didn't see that coming at all. So I don't know, I always feel like part of me wants to translate what my mom just said, because she's got a really thick accent, so I feel like I need to tell the story again, but I'll do it very briefly. There's a man, he's quite fat. He goes onto a balcony and he starts taking a piss because he's lazy and fat and wants to piss up a balcony, I guess. And he pisses on this woman and the woman looks up and she's like, she's like, have you no shame? Why are you, why are you pissing off the balcony? I can see your penis. And he's like, oh, thank God. I haven't seen my penis in 20 years because he's so fat. So that's that story. God, I love my mom. Isn't she the best? Do you guys have any crazy mom stories? Oh, I wish you could talk back to me. I really do. Maybe you could send something in, get off your lazy ass, and maybe do some fucking work around here. Could you do that? Maybe? Yeah. Thanks for nothing. Um, right. I don't really feel like talking much today. I feel like playing a bunch of segments. I feel like being like a two-minute in-between segment person, chit-chat, like a DJ. I don't feel like talking a lot, but I feel like I have a lot of quality things that need to go out here. I've got a good one right there. I can see it. I'm going to play it. Hang on. Hey, everybody. This is Rose. Leave Britney alone. <laughs> yeah, fine. I'll make fun of myself crying. Sure. Sanchez will take down her segment where she broke the boohoo cherry on change of address. And then my segment airs with my full-on wheat fest at the end. Do I feel like a little bit of an asshole? No more than usual. 
I regret my tears no more than anything else that I've regretted because my that's what my life is full of. But I did want to send a segment that isn't quite so whatever the fucky. Uh, that's not weepy. So anyway, here's some other stuff going on uh, since uh, my kind of not doing segments for a little while. I quit my job. I got a new tattoo. I've been having a nice social life. I've also been feeling overwhelmed, but mainly things are super duper awesome. Um, I went to go see Pete Holmes a couple of weeks ago at the Helium Comedy Club here in Portland. Um, Eddie Pepitone wasn't announced yet, so I kind of like had to make a decision between like, do I want to see Pete Holmes or do I want to see Dave Attell? I can't afford both. And I decided I wanted to see Pete Holmes. I just, I really, I've loved Dave Attell for a lot longer. I'm just kind of not as much in that frame of mind, and I don't necessarily want to go to a Dave Attell show on my own and deal with whatever potential douchebags might be in his audience. So I was like, awesome, I'll go see Pete Holmes. I really like his humor, especially when he just kind of goes off on his own being a spaz, and especially also his really hilarious tangents that are often simultaneously really thought-provoking. Um, that's kind of my favorite thing in all forms of entertainment. Um, entertain me, but also make me think or feel. So, um, so I went to the show, and it was good, and I laughed, and it just felt more like a stand-up show. It wasn't... Um, it wasn't what I was looking for, so I guess I should kind of, it's not Pete Holmes' fault that I was looking for more out of my comedy, but it just didn't feel like it was worth the effort. So I started thinking, you know, here, going to a comedy show within my own damn city just didn't feel like his set was worth the effort. So I started thinking about other shows and things that I've traveled distances to go to that were worth the effort, um, different bands, and as well as like Maria Bamford or Louis C.K., and then I also thought about somebody that's been mentioned on this show maybe once or twice, um, Mike Schmidt, because um, I've I've gone to other cities where I've had to like pay overnight to ooh, oh not to brag I had to pay overnight to stay to see somebody live, um, but he was he was worth the effort because the thing is is like he it never feels like a performance he is. It always feels super genuine, you know, all of, you know, his storytelling, like even even though I saw this kind of the same set in two different cities, it never felt like the same. And then also the opening local stuff separate from the one man show is obviously very different. Um, you know, and it's just I, it's just he just it was so worth the effort and it's an effort that I would totally make again. So. I was like, well, you know, I feel like a jerk that I can't spend the money for the L.A. PodFest, but let me just go ahead and send a message and say, hey, Holmes versus you. Here's how I felt. You win. You're the champion. Because um, that's what you should do. You know, like if you feel like something nice, why not just go ahead and put it out there? Um, so that's what I did. And I sent a little message on Facebook thing. And then um, I guess it was when he was calling people to thank them for the L.A. PodFest. Um, I also got a voicemail because I was at a party with live music um, played by old hippies. Um, and so I got a really nice voicemail um, from him, you know, that again, like, you know, super sincere, genuine, funny, blah, 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 all the usual Schmidt stuff that I'm going to reduce by saying blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. That doesn't sound very nice. But it was it was it was awesome. And it was just it was like. Again, it was kind of like, I mean, I got really weepy 
talking about the whole Pepitone thing, but it is just one of those instances of like, yeah, I have struggles, but here I get to go to this party because of friends of a friend and I'm getting to know these people in the neighborhood that are also good for me to know. Um, and while I'm doing that, I'm also getting a voicemail from one of my favorite comedians. So like how fucking awesome is life when shit like that happens? Um, awesome is how I'll say it. I will say it is pretty darn awesome. So then I went to go see Pepitone Thursday night, which also at Helium, which was awesome. Second row. Um, it's fun watching how people respond to him when they're not super familiar with him. Um, I think younger, especially hipster types, still kind of get confused by seeing anybody with gray hair um, and missing hair and weighing more than maybe they should weigh. I, I think that throws people off here in super healthy, conscious Portland. Um, not to say that Pepitone is unhealthy. It's just people here in Portland have a specific kind of I ideal. Um, so it's fun seeing how people react to him that aren't as familiar to him, but it's even more fun just seeing his set. And he hits, he hit a lot of, uh, on a lot of things that I obviously really um, find solace and humor in. Um, and I also really relate to him as a as somebody who's ch childless by choice, which I, like I said I'm going to do that goddamn segment, Sanchez. I swear to fucking God, I'm going to do that goddamn segment. So anyway, it was hilarious. He was awesome. Um, da 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 da. And then you've already heard the segment where I ran into him and he come to me a ticket for the 10 o'clock Saturday show. So I got there early for the Saturday show and could actually hear him finishing up his first set through the walls as I was going into the women's bathroom. And in the women's bathroom, I noticed two women in one stall and I was like, oh, I should pull out my iPhone and record some lesbian stall sex for Sanchez. But then I realized, no, they seem like they're in distress, like somebody's really not feeling well. I'm going to pee and run. And that's what I did. I peed and I ran. Turns out, Pepitone referenced this in the second set, that a woman had thrown up at one of the back tables during his set. So that was the woman, the, the pukey woman. Like, I got, woo! I don't know the full details, but there you go. I got to see, there you go. So there's that. Um... I didn't quite like Saturday night set as much only because I don't like it when people in the audience feel like they need to participate. I didn't pay to see or hear them, but at least one of the times it, it did turn into like a nice riff for Pepitone to go off on. And again, that's what I really like about him. Like he, there, there are a couple of routines that I'm familiar with and he did them both nights, but then the rest of the stuff was just whatever he felt like talking about at the time that he, you know, pulled out of his notebook or pulled out of his ass because both happens. And it was just awesome. It was really, really great. And um, I also met this woman that I'm super jealous of because she saw Dave Chappelle at his shows here at Helium. She's going to go see Wanda Sykes. She's seen George Carlin a couple of times before he died. She's really into music and awesome comedy taste. And I'm like, God damn it, why don't you live in Portland so I can force you to be my friend so I have somebody to go to comedy shows with. But no, she lives in Corvallis. But anyway, so that was nice. Um, Again, life is nice, I guess, whatever. Um, no, it was awesome. It was awesome. And so after the set, um, you know, Pepitone was doing the whole, like, lineup, meet and greet thing. And I just kind of got out super quickly and got straight up to him because I just wanted to get the fuck out because that's, that's me. Um, so I went up to him and he's like, oh, Rose, not my real name. Um, and he was like, he's like, did you get in? Okay. He was just like super considerate and thoughtful. Duh. 
Because he, he is who he is. And it's just like the same thing hanging out with Schmidt. Schmidt is, he is who he is. On stage, off stage, it's just boom. And it's just, that's what I like. So, so yeah, I talked to Pepitone a little bit more. And then I got self-conscious about people being in line. And I apologized and said, oh, I really should go. And he's like, no, 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 stay as long as you want. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. And because um, I want to leave now. And, um, but I, again, thanked him and just said how awesome and weird and empowering it was to run into one of, I don't want to say hero because that sounds retarded, but I, and I didn't say retarded to him. And I said, but to run into somebody whose work I really admire and whose work really, really speaks to me and who I also really respect as a human being, it's kind of empowering to like feel at rock bottom and like the biggest shit on shit at the bottom of shit mountain and to be in that mindset to run into somebody that you have so much admiration for and to not feel awful and to come away from it feeling better than I entered it. Like that was like, I feel like I can do anything now. And he just got this like big grin. I mean, you know, he's just like super nice guy. He's like, Oh, thank you. Like big hug and blah, blah. And so then I called a cab and Sanchez, you'll be really jealous of the super hot chick that hugged me while I was waiting for a cab. She looked like Miley Kulanis. I don't know what the fuck her name is from that 70s show. You know, the dark haired woman. Um, first she just said hi to me super close. And then she asked me for a cigarette and I don't smoke. And then she just asked if she could give me a hug. And I was like, why do you want to do that? Logical question. <laughs> I mean, why? Of course, why would you want to hug me? And she said, oh, because you're, you're dressed really cute and you just look really sweet and lovely standing there. And I just really want to hug you. And I'm like, all right, I'll take a hug. So I got a hug. And it was like, oh, again, this is this is the world that I live in. I, I, I will weep and sound like an idiot at the end of a segment, and then also awesome stuff will happen. And I'm not crying at the end of this segment. Woohoo! So anyway, there you go. I will promise to try to do a goddamn shorter segment next time. Okay, goodbye. Jesus H, that was a mouthful. I liked it. I liked that. That's a good segment. Uh, I, I've been eating goldfish crackers because I'm fucking starving, but I feel like I've started this and I want to finish it, and I don't think I should have my ramen noodles until it's time for me to be relaxed on the couch and masturbate while watching American Horror Story. Uh, okay, I'm sorry I sold you out on the whole crying thing. I just felt really weird about it. I don't know why I can tell perfect strangers that I've shit my pants and tell them about my birth story, but real raw emotion freaked me out. And I'm sorry, but I just, I couldn't handle it. Um, this from a person, I recorded my first pap smear on my phone. Didn't have a problem with it for about a year. And then once I got pregnant and I realized I'm going to be someone's mother, I thought, okay, I don't want that out anymore. So there's thousands of people with the audio of, of my first pap smear, but somehow crying crossed the line for me. Isn't that weird? Aren't I fucking weird? Um, you know what I love about Mike Schmidt? Everything. I love his hair. I should, you know what? Um, <laughs> there's a book called I Love You Through and Through, and that's how I feel about Mike Schmidt. I love your mad side. I love your sad side. Anyway, I'm not going to go on and on. But uh, he's a good guy. I feel, I really fucking hate when you kind of tweet at these B-list celebrities or D-list celebrities, and they just... It's like you don't exist, but it's like you're sitting there looking at your phone. Why don't you ever write back? My girlfriend, Sarah Paulson, who's on American Horror Story, she plays the two-headed girl. She, like, totally writes back to her fans and stuff. Totally. Uh, yeah, I just don't get that I'm so aloof, but you're what makes me famous thing. And um, I don't really like Dane Cook at all, actually. I, I just don't really like him. I don't find him funny. I just think he's a big hulking idiot. But... 
what he did to make himself as famous as he got was he was just folksy. He'd shake hands. He'd give people his email address. He'd like write back to them when they wrote him. And I think for a long time we had put celebrities up on this huge pedestal and, uh, Dane was like, fuck it, I'm an everyman. Let's let's be friends. Let's trade email addresses. Let's make this happen. Let's I'll send you a picture. Whatever the fuck, right? He was just really folksy. And that kind of propelled him before you know it. He's in a stadium doing stand-up comedy that hadn't been done since like Eddie Murphy in the 80s. So that's definitely one way of doing it. Um, okay. And now I, I do have other notes, but uh, puking woman. That's what I wrote down. Uh yeah, I know I'm not one to talk considering how I just got fucking super drunk with my in-laws and my brother-in-law and his new wife in Mexico. And I don't know what it was about the tequila that made me kind of uh, turn into like a super macho guy. It was, now that I look back on it, he bought the tequila and we're sitting there and we're getting ready to do the shots and they bring out the salt and the lime. And uh, he's like, okay, you ready? Cheers. And then I'm like, I just did the shot and I put the glass down and I stared at him like Clint Eastwood, that kind of steely eyed squinty stare. And I judged him when he put that lime to his lips. And I was just like, he's like, what, you didn't use a lime? And I'm like, no, because all of a sudden I'm a big man. It was so weird. I turned into every heterosexual male cliche there was. And we're like talking, having polite conversation and I'm getting drunker and drunker. And I think I'm on my fourth shot of tequila and I spilled half of it. Um, cause I was like gesturing wildly, almost as though I was drunk because I was drunk. And Sarah's mom just grabs, like, she's looking me in the eye. She grabs the little tiny shot glass that still has half a drink left in it and puts it behind her water glass. Like I'm a fucking two year old that doesn't realize that my drink is now missing. Like, I don't know. I'm like, okay. I, that's when I thought, okay, this is going, this is going badly. And she's like, why don't you just have something to eat? And I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. And then I pushed my plate away. Like I, I had a filet. I had a steak, like a nice steak. And I like pushed it away. And I decided to just keep drinking. And uh, yeah, so I just turned into a macho man. And we we're just sitting around talking. And uh, Sarah's dad says, well, asked me, well, what was your favorite part of the trip so far? Because it was our second last night there. Actually, we were leaving the next, the next afternoon. And I said, my favorite part is when uh, Steve here, pointing at Sarah's brother, uh, used a lime after his tequila like a little girl. And everyone starts laughing because Steve is the one that takes the shots. He usually doesn't, um, or he, he hands the shots out like he kind of burns everyone. He doesn't usually get insulted or whatever. And uh, yeah, I just, I just was like such a bro. It was just obnoxious. And there's nothing worse than a broed out dyke. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it was just so ridiculous. I don't even know what happened. It's like someone took over my body. And that's why I don't drink hard stuff. And that's why that will go down in history as the last night I ever go out and have more than two drinks. Because that was just like, what a fucking loser. Such a douchebag. Um, right. Sold you out for crying. I ate goldfish crackers. Pete Holmes. I love Pete Holmes. I really do. I really think he's funny. I think he's good at what he does. I think he is thought provoking for sure. Those are good words to use for him because... I, he kind of made me stop and think like, why are you such a negative cunt all the time? It doesn't cost you any more to have a positive outlook. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm still a negative cunt. I still am, but I freak out a little bit less. I, I'm not as quick to anger, although I do get angry and I hold a fucking grudge like you wouldn't believe. Actually, pretty soon you're going to hear what kind of a grudge I can hold. Oh, I, oh yeah. Oh, I can, are you going to hear about it? And before we get off this subject, um, Gary, what you said about RTS was totally true, I think. I, I, I grew to really care about that gentleman I did that show with. I really did. I grew to care about him 
and his kids and his life and his well-being. And it was like, I felt like we had formed a friendship. I mean, we weren't best friends, but friends, you know, like homeboys. Do kids still say homeboys? Yeah. Me. Um, yeah, okay, I have a weird story from being at a concert. Uh, I was at a concert with Sarah. We were both drinking. She was driving that night, so she didn't have too much. So I was kind of getting drunk. And this woman just, like, looked at me, and I'm just, I'm not a dancer, like, so I don't really dance, but I was enjoying the music. I can't even remember what concert we were at. And uh, she just looked at me, and she, like, cupped my face with both of her hands. And it was just like, I was just kind of standing there and she's like, she's like, hey. And I was like, hi. And she's like, you look like you're having so much fun. I was like, oh yeah, it's fine. I'm having fun. And she just like, like, you know, when a romantic movie, when the guy's going to kiss the girl or the girl's going to kiss the girl and they cup your face, like they cup her face with both hands and like their thumbs are kind of by your, by your mouth. And she just held my face like that for like, an uncomfortable amount of time. I don't know how long it was, like five seconds maybe, but it was just like her face was close to mine and I was just kind of like, like, where's this going? I had enough time to think, like, what is she doing? Where is this going? Like, this is weird, right? And then she let go of my face and just turned back to the music like nothing had happened. And Sarah's standing there with her, like this look on her face, like, what the fuck? And I'm like, "I I don't know. She's like, did she just fucking like cup your face? And I was like, yeah what the fuck? And she's like, well, that's fucking weird. She better back the fuck off. And I was like, <laughs> it was funny. I just, I thought that was hilarious that she was kind of jealous about that. Am I talking really fast? I'm really tired. So I think I might be talking fast. I'm going to try and slow it down a bit. So yeah, chicks are weird. I don't know why she wanted to hug you. I know why I'd want to hug you. Meow. Uh, yeah. So I guess uh, the last thing, oh, you know what? I talked about this on the podcast. I was just on as a guest, but I kind of want to make sure that you guys all know what's going on in Winnipeg, Manitoba right now. That was really fast. I feel like I'm high. Oh God. Um, I, so I opened the paper and guess what? Um, in a U-Haul storage facility, they have found, uh, six dead babies. One, two, three, four, five, six dead babies. This, this storage locker locker was, uh, in arrears and they were going in there. Like, could you imagine storage wars? I'd love to see this episode of Storage Wars. Okay, who wants to bid on this one? We've got a couch and uh, a fridge with no door and six dead babies. Anybody, six dead babies. How much? Let's start the bidding at $25. Six dead babies. Go on. Like, fuck. That, I'm an awful human being. I'm so sorry that that just happened here. Um, Yeah, so they've arrested the... It's not a hard case to solve here. You don't really need much of a much of a mind it's not really a true detective type case um the woman who rented it out is responsible for these babies and they don't know how she came upon these babies there are no missing babies were they her babies i i don't know were they your are you missing a baby were they your babies like where do you get six babies from i don't know how like she must have given birth to them right like how do you go and just like come across a baby and just put it in a storage locker for fucking 10 years or whatever how does that happen? That is so Winnipeg. It's just like fucking off the wall, Looney Tunes, ridiculous. Like, how do you do? I don't know where these babies came from. Here a baby, there a baby, everywhere a baby, baby. I like to say baby. Um, yeah, so they're charging her and they're still trying to figure out how old these babies even are. The word baby has lost all meaning. 
It's a bad time to do a show. It's a really bad time to do a show. It's just uh, nonsense. Um, yeah, I'll keep you posted on that. That's some Winnipeg news. And then uh, our Parliament Hill, which is like uh, the White House for Canadians. Um, there was a shooter there. A soldier got shot. It's like, what the fuck? I was kind of disappointed they didn't shoot Harper. It's the one time I've ever rooted for the shooter. Just, oh, please let them just take that fucking idiot Muppet out of power. Terrible to say that too, but I'm really sorry that soldier died. That's a goddamn shame. I don't really know much more about that, so that's that's all you're getting from me. You've got six dead babies in a U-Haul, and someone's trying to terrorize Canada. It's about time. It's our turn, I guess, really, right? We're always peacekeepers in all these missions, and I guess they're fighting back now. I don't know who it is. I love Muslims. I've never met a Muslim I didn't like. Never. Ever. Never. Um... What else? Renee Zellweger. Do you guys want to talk about this or not? I feel like it's going to, by the time I get this out, everyone's have been talking about it for four or five days already. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happens. It's like a Michael Jackson thing, but she's white. Like her face is very different. It's very not good. It's very, like, how did she just go in and change her entire face in a span of months? Like what, what happened there? Renee, it's okay. You're beautiful. I think, I think I had such a crush on Bridget Jones that that's the body type I'm attracted to. The one where she's like, oh, I'll always be just a little bit fat. Yeah, I love that. That's a hot woman. If you, if you ask me, I don't want the stick figure weird shit. I just love a curvy, voluptuous woman. I don't know why I'm so attracted to Sarah Paulson, but I feel like I could feed her. I feel like I could make her into the woman I like, you know, like, just really chunk her up. Anyway, I, I don't know. There's all kinds of things on media now. Like, are we being bullies by... It's like, I don't feel like I'm bullying Renee Zellweger because I feel like her career is based on her looks. Like, you can't choose a career where your face is your selling feature and then completely and totally alter your face and expect everyone to just kind of nod politely and go about their business. No, you, you're famous, and you're famous because of your face. And then when you change your face, yes, people have the right to react. Maybe if you worked at a checkout at Sobeys and I saw you every day and then you got some, a bunch of fucking crazy plastic surgery and I saw you the next day, I wouldn't say anything about it. But if you choose to make your living asking people to look at you on a big screen, yes, they get to talk about the fucking crazy dysmorphic shit you did to your face. They do. Sorry. You shouldn't have chose that career if you didn't want people to fucking talk about it. But she's just acting like, oh, I'm healthy now. Okay, yeah. It looks like you've been jogging. You've, you've jogged so much that your eyes are a completely different shape. Yeah, funny how that fucking works, Renee. Uh, yeah. Just, like, it's not enough to that you have, like, millions upon millions of dollars. And you can have a personal... Like, just age. Why are we so ashamed to be old now? I remember reading something that... Rue McClanahan, everything comes down to the Golden Girls with me. Yeah, you're right, I know. But, I mean, it's true. Rue McClanahan, and what the fuck was that blonde bitch? I'm going to look it up. Hang on. I'm going to be a good podcast host. Hang on. Okay, fuck it. I found some stuff online. I couldn't find... It was Kim Cattrall, that's the Sex and the City lady, but I couldn't find what the fuck that was in reference to. But I found a bunch of uh, people. Demi Moore is 51, is the same age as Rue McClanahan was when she started the Golden Girls. Demi Moore does not look 50 fucking one. It's just so weird, some of these things. Uh, let's see what I can get. Uh, Kim Cattrall, 57, is one year older than Olympia Dukakis was in Moonstruck. Like, do you not remember how old Olympia Dukakis looked? And now, like, Kim Cattrall just looks... I guess the point I'm trying to make is that uh, 
These, oh, here's a good one. Marissa Tomei is 48, is the same age as Jean Stapleton was when All in the Family started. Does that not give you fucking perspective? Like, I understand people live a healthier lifestyle now, but there's a lot of fucking Botox and shit going on. Like, a lot. Like, why can't we just get old anymore? It's like we all have to, like, ha like suck from the fountain of youth. And yes, my girlfriend's vagina is keeping up a youthful appearance for me. But what are the rest of you going to do? Who's going to glaze your face with their... Never mind. Never mind. That almost went too far. Just, I just feel like everyone's expected to look young and fit, and they look so young and fit and so tight you could bounce a fucking quarter off her cheekbones. Just stop. Just age with grace. Like, fuck, man. Who wants to look at your fucking weird wax face? Can Nicole Kidman even get any work as an actress if she can't move her face? Where, who's going to emote? Okay, I, I'm emoting. Okay, let's see your angry face. Okay, looks like your relaxed face. Okay, uh, give me scared. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, this isn't going to work. Like, if your face, if you're getting your face so Botoxed you can't fucking move it, how are you going to act anyway? Who's going to see the difference between your fucking emotions? Because you look the same. You look like a wax figure of your own self. I just don't understand it. So Renee, like, why? Now your career's fucking ruined because you tampered with your beautiful face. Nah, I'm just a chubby mailman in Winnipeg. Who the fuck, who, I don't know. That's just my opinion. And there's no one here to counter it because I'm alone. It's just me and the fucking pineapple. You know what? I'm not cutting that pineapple. And I, I refuse to cut it. I'm not going to peel it. I'm not going to chop it up into little pieces because you know what? I didn't buy this fucking pineapple. I am not responsible for it. And I, there are fruit flies just circling around that fucking pineapple right now. Right now. You know what, Sarah? Stir the sauce. And guess what? I'm going to watch that fucking pineapple mold and get gross and rot, and I'm not going to cut it because you didn't stir my sauce. Hmm. <laughs> okay, I'm going now. I'm fucking done. I've been talking nonstop. It's like my fourth hour now of just fucking jibber-jabbering about nothing. You need to leave me an iTunes review. Uh, you owe me... I don't know how many hours of podcasts I've put out already. I really feel like it's your responsibility. And if you can't donate at changeofaddress.podbean.com, then the least you can do is give me a free iTunes review. Hopefully a positive one. Hopefully you've enjoyed your experience. Hopefully you can understand me because I feel like I'm talking ridiculously fast today. Probably because I'm tired and hungry. Uh, you can find me. I'm Sandra D. Sanchez. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook. You can like the Change of Address Facebook page. Feel free to post there frequently with how wonderful you think I am. And I don't know when the next show's coming up, so whatever. And I have a segment from Kendra. I have two segments from Kendra to go out. I can't remember what else. Oh, and Rose. Rose just sent me in another segment about being kid-free. So that's it. So when's another wonderful show with just me and you? And Electric Gary and Rose and us and them. I have to stop talking soon. This is getting really fucking dumb. Still listening? Still? Where's my fucking review? Where's my fucking review? Still listening? This is like when you watch the credits for the movies, just in case there's some hidden scene right at the end. Except you sit there, and you sit there, you sit there, and you sit there, and nothing happens. It's just the credits. Like, what if I revealed something really personal? 
or told a really funny story, the funniest story ever told in the history of the world, right at the end here. But you don't know it, because I just did this. Here it comes. Okay, I will tell you a really hilarious story from my past. This is a story, just for the listeners who hung in here through all the this is only for you, and I don't think there's very many of you. No, you're, you're the only diehard. Just you. You, Samantha. You, exactly you. Yes, there could be a Samantha. Hmm, interesting. Rhonda. Hey, Rhonda. I haven't heard from you lately. You're looking fat. Uh, let's talk. So this one time, I told this story on RTS before, Return to Sender, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm in the process of putting the shows back up, so look, search the shows and uh, look for my logo and those are the ones that are still up. Blah. So I told this story once with Sugar. She was on the show as well. And um, I don't really remember why I told the story then, but I'll tell it now. I was in a relationship with a young lady. Um, very nice young lady. Uh, we enjoyed a lot of uh, vigorous sexual activities. She's the one that dry humped my track pant mesh uh, so like into my skin. It was like embedded into my skin. I was bleeding because she dry humped me on top uh, for a very long time. I, quite fruitfully for her, not for me. I could have been reading a newspaper for all she really cared, but um, she's the one that didn't put out ever. Uh, so yeah, so we were, you know, having sexual relations frequently. She really liked to have sexual relations in the morning. And um, one morning in particular, uh, we liked to do this thing where she would be on all fours and... Um, I would orally stimulate her rectum, and so that's sexy talk, and she would stimulate her clitoris, and I would uh, insert my digits into her vaginal canal, and all of this would be happening at the same time. So it was a very, like, crazy, all senses were kind of going. Every one of her erogenous zones were being tweaked or touched or something. And one particular morning, it was the morning, and as you know, you kind of things kind of build up overnight and we were in this position doing this activity and um, she farted in my in my mouth. Let that soak in there. She farted in my mouth and it went immediately out my nose. It was like, it was like, let me just do it slower. It was just like that. Like it just kind of like took over my whole mouth. It was like having like a, like a gas mask on, those really fitted gas masks. It was just like the suction, it just like went and uh, yeah, it went in my mouth and immediately out my nose. So there, so if you've hung in this far, that's a funny story I get to, I get to share with you guys, just you guys. Oh my God. I just got it, anyway, I just got a text from my, text from my new wife uh, talking about my child. Um, it's not an emergency, everything's fine, but it just put me into perspective as to the fact that I may be in the long, wrong, wrong line of work here. Maybe I shouldn't be telling these horrible stories because someday he may just find out and he may listen to these disgusting things, but I hope to God he doesn't ever find it. Okay, so that was a bonus story for all of my favorite listeners. Um, if you made it this far, you are my favorite and uh, I hope no one farts in your mouth. Have a good day.